0: Welcome to It's a Single Mom Thing podcast. This is April McKnight here with you today. They say it takes the village, especially for single moms. Let's do this together. Finding a new normal. Starting where you're at. Finding a new normal for you and your family can be both scary and exciting. Your previous normal was known. Even if it wasn't the most ideal for you and your family, you still knew it. Creating a new normal is facing the unknown, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage. With that courage comes lots of opportunities. To create a new normal, you must begin where you're at. Be it by circumstance or choice that led you to where you are today, acceptance and giving yourself permission to feel what is there for you along your path to a new normal is an important first step to being able to create newly for yourself and your family. In this lesson, you'll learn about four common feelings and experiences associated with change and creating a new normal in life. By understanding what you may experience as you walk this part of your journey, it can help to normalize what you're going through. Beyond that, each of these common experiences has an opportunity for growth, strengthening your resolve and fostering an understanding of yourself throughout this process that you can take into all areas of your life. Once you've got an understanding of these common feelings and experiences, the opportunities that they present will then learn some specific ways to create new normal. Think of the first part of this lesson as the new foundation you're creating for yourself and your family, and the second part is the structure for the new life you're putting in place. Part 1. Four Common Feelings and Experiences When Creating a New Normal Several things may come up for you as you begin to journey what a new normal looks like for you and your family. Some or all of these may apply to you, and you may feel them at different times along your journey. You may also feel different experiences and emotions as well. We encourage you to journal throughout this lesson and as other things come up for you. It can be an increasingly powerful tool to process and capture how you're feeling along the way in order to accept and move on. If you don't have a journal, a notebook, or wherever you can capture your heart is perfect. Again, the most important thing to remember is that whatever you feel and experience on the path that lies ahead for you is normal, and that with each experience and feeling, there is tremendous opportunity for growth and grace. Grief. You're experiencing a big change in your life. Whatever has brought you here today was probably not how you envisioned things to go. With change and or the loss of someone, or what we thought life would look like, there comes grief. Even if the change is for the better, grief is a set of conflicting feelings caused by the end and change in what's familiar. Giving yourself permission to grieve the loss of someone or what was is an important step to being able to create newly. You may find that you walk through many different emotions associated with the grieving process, and they may happen at different times. It's important to remember that everyone grieves change and loss differently. Common emotions and experiences associated with grief are Denial. Things may feel overwhelming and confusing. Denial helps make space to move through life in those first moments after a big change or a loss has happened. It helps us pace our feelings of grief and settle into the reality of what lies ahead. Anger. Anger can be a scary emotion for some, yet it's a very powerful feeling that helps us move through grief and fuel our healing. You may be angry at yourself, someone else, or at God, at your situation. You may even get angry at your children sometimes, and it's important to understand that this is all normal. Bargaining. You may start to notice that you're thinking through what-ifs or if-onlys and thinking about the past a lot to try and stay out of the plan of the present. You may yearn for the life that once was or the person that is now gone from your life. Depression. This is where you may find yourself now focused on the present, the change and the emptiness of what once was, that is now gone. The sadness may seem like it will last forever, and it won't. Grief is like waves of the ocean. They come and go, and allowing yourself to ride the waves will help you move through it more easily than if you fight it. Acceptance. Acceptance doesn't necessarily mean that you are all right or at a peace with what happened or changed. It's the acceptance of the reality of what's happened and knowing that a new normal is possible and will be. Surrounding yourself with loving support is helpful when grieving. There are many groups that exist to help with grief, the loss of a loved one, divorce, etc. In addition, you'll learn some other tools to help support yourself on this journey below. The opportunity, a new normal. Without change, there is no opportunity for new beginnings. With allowing for and giving space to all the feelings you feel as you grieve what once was, you're making room for your new normal to exist. The only way out of something is through it. Giving yourself permission to grieve what once was truly allows the opening for healing and for the new. Here's a journal prompt. Use your journal as a way to capture the different feelings you're experiencing throughout the grieving process. Fear. Aw, oh, Fear. We've all felt it at different times in our lives. As mamas, it's especially hard not to be in fear over all the little things when it comes to our precious children. By definition, fear is a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. With things having changed for you, it is very normal to feel anxious about your current situation, afraid of what lies ahead of the unknown, of how you're going to support your family, work, take care of them, and more. It's very easy to worry about what's going to happen and how all is going to work out. Fear feels different for everyone. Your mind may go in a thousand different directions. You may feel your heart race. Your chest may feel tight. You may want to cry. You might feel gripped by it at times, or it might be something that kind of lies in the back of your mind. Here's a journal prompt. Take a minute and think about what fear tends to feel like for you. Write down what it feels like for you so that the next time you're feeling scared or in fear, you'll be able to identify it that much more quickly. Once you've identified that you're in fear, it's very important to give it permission to be. It can be so easy to try and tell ourselves not to be afraid or that we shouldn't be. Shouldering on ourselves is never very helpful, and we'll talk more about that further in the lesson. A few things you can do in the moment when fear shows up. First, acknowledge it and name it. Okay, I'm feeling scared that X might happen and I'm afraid about and I'm fearful of. Say this in whatever way feels authentic to you. Next, take at least five deep cleansing breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. This will help to calm your nervous system and help you be able to respond to how you're feeling a little more easily because your body isn't in the fight-or-flight mode. The Opportunity Choosing Faith Over Fear Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is assurance of things hoped for and a conviction of things not seen. Faith is an incredible, powerful tool to draw upon when fear shows up knowing that good things lie ahead, even if you have no outward proof yet. It is truly knowing that you're cared for, supported, loved, phenomenally capable of all that is. Replacing fear with faith is a practice. It may even feel like you have to fake it till you make it at first. The more you can put your faith in yourself, in the process, in God, in the perfection of where you're at— It will start to be your go-to practice when fear comes up. You'll start to feel lighter in your heart and trust how things are unfolding for you. Doubt. Doubt by definition is a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. It's very easy, especially as mamas, to worry about how we're momming, if you're doing your best, if you're making the right decisions, and how it's all going to affect our children. When you're doubting yourself, you may hear yourself say things like, you can't, you aren't good enough, don't even try, you're not going to be able to do this. When we start to believe these things, it starts to erode our ability to trust ourselves and to believe in ourselves. Our inner critics become what we believe to be true, and then we start to doubt our self-worth and our own abilities. Doubt as a way of being robs us of our belief in ourselves. The ability to trust our intuition and to know that we can handle anything that comes our way. Here's a journal prompt. Where do you have doubt right now about yourself, your situation, and your abilities? Now for the opportunity that lies in better understanding the role doubt plays and how to overcome it. The opportunity where there is doubt, choose to trust. If you've made choices over time that you knew deep down weren't in your best interest or that little voice inside was telling you something different, you may need to repair your relationship to yourself and learn how to trust yourself again. As you face the newness of your life, you have an opportunity to trust in you and your ability to walk this path to a new normal for you and your family, to trust that you will know what decisions need to be made and that you will draw in the right support to help get you there. Cynthia Wall, a licensed psychotherapist, writes in her book, The Courage to Trust, A Guide to Building Deep and Lasting Relationships. These three keys to developing self-trust. Number one, avoid people who undermine your self-trust. Envision these people as the dream crushers or the negative Nancys in your life. As part of your new normal, you get to decide who belongs in your life, who's going to support you, Surround yourself with people who lift you up, not bring you down. Number two, keep promises to yourself. Learning to trust yourself means learning to be your own best friend. Making promises to yourself and keeping them are a way to foster a new relationship with yourself. You can start by taking five minutes a day to sit in the quiet with your thoughts or to journal or to go for a walk a few days a week. Here's a journal prompt. What's one promise you can make to yourself right now? Go ahead and write it down. And number three, be kind to yourself. This is so important. What happens if you make a promise to yourself and then break it? How do you treat or speak to yourself? How do you speak to yourself if you've made a mistake? Self-trust doesn't mean that you always trust yourself to say the right thing or make the right decision or follow every rule, says Wall. It's not about perfection. Let's say that one more time. It's not about perfection. Maybe one more time. It's not about perfection. Self-trust means that you trust yourself to overcome a mistake or failure. Being kind to yourself through this process of creating a new normal is an incredible, beautiful opportunity that you will take forward into all areas of your life. By learning to trust yourself, you will model that for your children as well, a truly impactful gift. Negative thoughts. We human beings are wired for thought. Did you know the average person experiences somewhere between 50 to 70,000 thoughts per day? And typically, 98% of those thoughts are repetitive. With that, most of us go on about our day unaware of all those thoughts, and they are there, under the surface, triggering us to experience certain positive and negative emotions in response. You may experience more negative thoughts as you face the changes that have been happening and the uncertainty of what lies ahead. Again, this is all normal. How do we get a hold on these thoughts and be able to identify them in order to not have them run the show? Journaling when you're thinking and feeling can help to create some space between the thoughts and the response. It can also help you to identify what your thoughts are so you can create a new and different thought patterns down the road. Here are some common patterns of negative thinking from David Burns' The Feeling Good Handbook that can help you to identify some of your thoughts. Jumping to conclusions. When you assume that things will turn out badly. Example, this is going to be a disaster. All or nothing thinking. When you perceive things in absolutes and extremes, here's an example, I'm a total failure as a mom, or things are never going to be as good as they were. Should statements. When you criticize yourself that shoulds, have tos, musts, etc. Example. I should be able to do this without any help. Journal prompt. Take a few moments and see if you can identify some of your own thoughts from each of the above categories of negative thinking. Though there are many ways to help combat negative thinking, and we'll list those here below, here is where it all begins. This is the opportunity that lies within understanding and identifying your negative thoughts. Self-compassion. If you remember from above, this isn't about perfection. Life is messy. We're going to mess up, make mistakes, feel immense pain at times. Self-compassion means that you are kind and understanding when confronted with personal failings, upsets, change, breakdowns, and all the bumps and twists and turns that life takes you on. Instead of beating yourself up for those things, self-compassion is like giving yourself a huge hug and saying to yourself, it's okay, mama. This is hard. How can I take care of you in this moment? Take that in a moment. Let that sit on your heart. You may find that even reading that allows you to soften, to become present to yourself and what you're going through with a little more understanding. Self-compassion, too, is a practice. Replacing kind self-talk for the negative thoughts and self-talk takes time, and it is one of the most important things that you can bring yourself during this time of newness and unknown. As you practice self-compassion, you will be a mirror for your children to teach them how to practice self-compassion for themselves Another gift that all can take into every aspect of their lives. Here are six ways to help combat negative thinking from licensed mental health counselor Courtney Ellis. Number one, identify the thought that is stirring up anxiety, worry, doubt, or fear. Number two, look at that thought, weigh it out is it true? Is there evidence to support it? Number three, identify what emotions and behaviors that thought is triggering. Number four, dispute the thought. List out the reasons why it's untrue. Begin to train yourself to reason with facts over emotions. Number five, replace the thought with something true. The truth does not have to be sunshine and rainbows. It does not need to be the opposite of the negative thought, but it will be something more life giving, something that leads to peace and contentment rather than panic and sadness. And number six, keep doing this over and over and over again until your heart catches up with your head. Giving yourself permission to examine and explore these common feelings and experiences is courageous and a powerful way to build the foundation that your new normal will exist on. We acknowledge the work that you've done so far and throughout this lesson and trust that as you move forward with these tools, you'll continue to grow and blossom tremendously in the process. Part 2 Six ways to create your new normal with intention, grace, and courage. Now that we've reviewed some of the common feelings and experiences associated with creating a new normal for yourself, let's talk about some of the specific ways you can create your new normal with intention, grace, and courage. Number 1 Own it. Talking about the recent changes in your life isn't easy. But when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and own our experiences, we often find solace in knowing that we're not alone. You open yourself up to being supported and contributed to along the way. Number two, assemble your posse. This is so important. Finding a group of people who are there to support you, meaning you feel better after talking with them, will help you start to assemble your posse. Your posse are those you can count on to reach out for help, support, and understanding. Not everyone is going to make the cut, and that's okay. Remember, in your new normal, there's no room for negative Nancys, positive vibes only. Number three, accept the all of it. In the first part of this lesson, we discussed several common feelings and experiences associated with change and creating a new normal, and we discussed several tools to help you discover the opportunities associated with those. The key is to accept all of it. Once you learn to sit with yourself and observe the all of it, you can find the grace to let go of the pain, anger, sadness, resentment, whatever needs to be worked through. Number four, make room for the new. As you let go of the past, there will be more room for the new. And this can be both inside and outside, meaning what's now available in yourself that wasn't before. Acceptance, laughter, love. What about in your external environment? Is it time to let go of things that represent the past? Pictures? Furniture? Maybe it's time to decorate newly with something you love that is brand new and helps to represent this new life you're creating. It can be as small as a new pillow on your couch, new pot holders in a bright new color for your kitchen. Whatever makes your heart happy. Number five, you do you, boo. Okay, so now you're on the path and walking this newly unfolded normal. You've made some new space for new both within your heart and soul and your external environment. Now what is something that you've always wanted to do? You have an opportunity to reinvent yourself. What would bring you joy? What's something that would help to boost your self-confidence? What's something that will contribute to your family? You've got a clean slate of sorts. Listen to what speaks to you, And then you do you, boo. And number six, acknowledge your amazingness. Girl, you're doing an incredible work. You're going to contribute to incredible work, raising your family, healing your heart and soul throughout this process. Acknowledge how far you've come and all that lies ahead. Wrapping it all up. With change brings immense opportunities for growth. You are phenomenally capable of all that is and lies ahead. Use the journal prompts within this lesson and the tools you've learned to guide you and help to give yourself grace on the path to your new normal. Remember that all that you feel and experience along your path are a normal part of your growth and moving through this time in your life. Allow yourself to be supported by all the things you learned here and to create a new normal that serves and supports you and your family. Thanks for listening to It's a Single Mom Thing. If you enjoyed our podcast, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to take the quiz and be on track to earn your certificate, please check out sv-university.org. For more information and resources, check out our show notes.